Hello everyone, welcome back to just another F1 podcast here on the Apex Motorsport. My name is Richard Smith and this is also day 8 of the Apex Advent Calendar. Uh, we've just had the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, the penultimate race of the 2021 Formula 1 World Championship. And here today to discuss it all with me is of course Ryan Cobble. Ryan, thank you for coming back onto the podcast and we know what such a big race is coming up uh, this weekend but just go back to Saudi Arabia and give me a three-word race review. What the expletive. It was a, cra- a crazy weekend, crazy race, so many red flags, so much to talk about, and we're going to get straight into this now by talking about probably the most controversial moment of the entire race, and that was Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton having, well, they... They collided. They Verstappen tussle. Yes, um, Verstappen appeared to to break check Hamilton. Hamilton went into the back of of Verstappen while Verstappen was trying to hand the place back to Hamilton because there was a couple of restarts. Verstappen overtook Hamilton off track, and yeah, it was crazy. Um, the Stewarts had a lot to deal with. Or the, it didn't even go to the Stewarts that much. Uh, Michael Massey had a lot on his plate, but Ryan. Um, what what do you make of just the whole Hamilton for Stappen battle? Just break break it down and just your thoughts on that. Uh, the whole battle across the weekend was it was it seemed to be Mercedes were on the front foot throughout all the sessions. I felt you know they were gonna have a quite an easy race handed to them on a dinner plate, to say. But no, uh, Red Bull then switched it up and came alive and, and had a really good chance. Max, as we know, nearly. And probably would have taken pole position had he not have bended into the wall. Um, but I think throughout the race, you know, we've seen real tense tenseness between the two drivers when they're either wheel to wheel or in each other's DRS zones. Or you know, the whole the whole race itself was crazy. But them battling it out because the championship is now on the line. It it literally comes down to this last race, which. We didn't think it was going to go that way at the start of the season. We thought, ah, oh, you know, it might might end up being finished up before, you know, Saudi Arabia or even uh, Brazil. But no, it it's it has gone down to the last race. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But as as for that collision, I do feel partly yes, it was on fault of Mercedes for not getting the radio broadcast across. As soon as they found out, which obviously it, it does take a bit of time to transmit because the driver is quite far across the track by the time they're finding out. So it's, it is hard to, to know what exactly happened and whether the, the rumours around what Max may have done are true. Then I guess you could say that there is a bit of blame on Max in the sense of slightly dangerous driving. It's hard. It's hard to judge how I feel about the situation because at the same time, I I don't I don't exactly want Lewis to win the championship. He's had seven, pretty much handed to him very easily. Mercedes have had seven constructors championships handed to them very easily. Yes, they have obviously worked hard for it, but I you know, I'd I'd like to see something else happen for once. If we go back to qualifying, you obviously mentioned the incident where Verstappen ended up in the wall. That, up until that point, I'm seeing a lot of people saying that that is one of 
Definitely Verstappen's best ever laps, if not one of the best qualifying laps in Formula 1. Obviously, he didn't complete the actual lap, so we can't really say it was the best ever lap. But do you think up until that point, and if he didn't put in the wall in the final corner, that would have easily been a championship-winning, worthy qualifying performance? Oh, 100%. If, if you look at how close he was to every corner... He was always on the racing line. He was always hitting the apex at the right point. He was he was literally at the wall nearly every single corner, getting the most out of his car. And to drive that fast around that circuit, it it was quite an exceptional drive. Even Lewis, if you you know put them side by side, Lewis's drive in qualifying didn't look as fast or as not not dangerous but as you know on the edge is what max did with his red bull it was it was quite you know amazing to watch it obviously if he had finished that lap it would have been a lot better for comparison but up until that point max essentially had pole position secured if we move on to to the race itself now it was it was one of the craziest races of all time we had three different pole setters for three different grid starts um, there was two red flags after debris was thrown across the track, four virtual safety car periods, and Hamilton Verstappen went wheel to wheel the first corner on three occasions, and twice Verstappen was ordered to hand back the position to Hamilton. If you said that to anyone, they would think it's it's a plot line of a crazy movie with, with chase scenes and everything in it, with all all the makings of a fantastic movie and. What we got was the fastest race in the in the sport, based on the you know the the speeds are carrying around that track. Felt it didn't feel like the longest race, but it was one of the longest races of the seasons, and it was just chaotic throughout. Ryan, can you remember a race if if we ignore Belgium this year that was four hours of sitting around doing nothing, a more chaotic stop starty race? A more chaotic stop start race. Uh. Not really, apart from the first race, uh, was it, it wasn't the start of this season, was it, or was it last season? I can't remember, it was the first race and there was car, I think there was nearly 10 cars didn't finish, I can't mind what it was, there was just, it was just engine breakdowns and everything going wrong, or was it after the restart, I can't remember, but there was, it was a race this season, or last season I think, I think it was last season when we first came back after the whole uh the the world situation uh, we keep calling it instead of naming what it actually is uh just you know keep ourselves right uh but i think it was like the first race back after that or just be yeah the first race back everything just went awful but cars weren't finishing safety cars everywhere uh, it, it was a bit like that uh, but obviously if, if i was to take a meme a meme version of it i would say uh germany uh, I think it was it Germany twenty nineteen yes, tw- or yes twenty nineteen yeah yeah that one that was uh, that was quite interesting as well yeah it was very very chaotic uh, but Ryan do you think that this title fight now we're going we're going into the final race of the season Abu Dhabi with zero points between Hamilton and Verstappen Verstappen will win if both cars don't finish based on the amount of wins he's had this season I think it's nine race wins compared to Hamilton's eight. So there's only one race one in it, but do you think it's getting a little bit too ugly and it may ruin what is shaping up to be one of the best ever ends to the Formula 1 season? 
Yeah, it's it's gonna be really tense. Qualifying's probably gonna be the most close net pin perfect thing we're ever gonna see in the last six, seven years of Formula One. That's just two drivers who have two good cars behind them who can both extract the most out of each you know, out of their own car. Obviously if they run each other's car that'd be that'd be quite funny to watch actually, but it's going to be a real tense and exciting spectacle to watch because you've got Max, who has had, you know, I think it's three or four seasons now in Formula One. It's seven. <laughs> Is it seven? Yes, that, that's the crazy thing that I, I struggled to get my head around. Hold on. So you're saying Max has been in here for the same amount of World Championships Lewis has won? Yeah, I think it's seven. I'll just double check it. It's. Um, Maybe it's twenty sixteen. He joined. Maybe it's five. I thought it was twenty sixteen with Daniel Ricciardo, was it not? Yeah, I don't That's know. That's what I, I was thinking. I keep saying seven. Is it seven? No. Tw- yeah. Uh oh. Twenty twenty fourteen. He joined as a, a reserve. Um, reserve, and then, uh, twenty fourteen. Uh, twenty twenty fifteen. He made his debut. And he won his first race. That's so, right. That's insane. Oh, yeah, because he had that full season with Daniel, and Daniel left in 20... Ah, yes. Yeah, so this is the seventh season. Damn. Time has went by. Yeah. I suppose that's like Lando's and all them guys, like third season. Yeah, but Verstappen's only 24, so he's got at least another 10 years racing. Yeah, he's like the the second youngest ever Formula One winner. Yeah, and he he will... He will be forever with the new rules in place. Yeah, that's true. That's that's actually gonna be that's interesting. Nice. Ah, damn. What were we talking about again? <laughs> um, I can't about, mind, but about the championship battle, but um, but but yeah, got a bit but, sidetracked, but no. Yeah, but if yeah. we keep on the first half and topic, Brian, do you think he, he crossed the line uh, this weekend? Because I I've seen throughout the season, I said when Verstappen wins a race he usually wins it quite well and he's always drove a good race and the, yes there has been times where there's been a few controversial incidents and the ha- it's you know, split fan bases and people are defending people are against him and but I've always I've always thought that if he wins this championship it shows the work that he and Red Bull have put in and yes Red Bull aren't coming across as the nicest team and they they look like they're, they're sore losers at times but Verstappen would have deserved this championship based on his pure racing ability alone because he's won, he's had to get in this car and win these races by himself, he's the only person in that car, Red Bull have given him a good package to do that but after watching what he done in Saudi Arabia and Brazil he's, he's a very aggressive driver and I, I think he, he overstepped the mark in terms of what should be allowed. I can get Brazil for you know, pushing the driver off just you know a little bit um, just when you're racing but not go eight, eight car wheels away from the apex but the the way I seen the incident in Saudi Arabia where he appeared to break Jack Hamilton was he was trying to, to do something that he was ordered to do which was to swap the cars around but he done it in the wrong wrong place he um and i think it 
it should have been a longer period before it should have been done the main street not that wherever he, he did do it where he just dived down the inside straight away again um yeah i think i think he overstepped the line do you do you agree with that ryan or do you think that it was completely fair racing from for Stavin's point of view I, I I understand what he did, and I understand he did what he did because of. Hold on, I'm trying to string this without making it confusing. I understand why he did what he did because what he did would have given him an advantage. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he was trying to get Lewis past him before the DRS activation, yeah. so he could be within a second and possibly go back at him again on the straight, which. It's actually quite a smart play, if you, if you ask me, but obviously things didn't go to plan. I think what happened was, if he was breaking, he was he was really trying to get Lewis as close to him as possible to allow him to get past just before that zone, because he knew if he had kept driving, letting off at a reasonable speed, he would have got through the detection point, and you know, at that point then, he wouldn't have had that advantage. So I think he was trying to slow down just enough but then they said it was 2.4 g's of deceleration which doesn't come from lifting off that's roughly only about maybe 0.5 maybe of a g depending on how strong the recovery system is working which would be quite high at that point there's no real argument for him if the 2.4 G's of deceleration with use of the brake pedal to slow himself down with Lewis Hamilton coming right up behind him. There is no excuse that that is tech, you know, that is essentially dangerous sportsmanship and driving on track and could have, if things had have went really bad, had Lewis not have managed to slow down just enough behind him before he hit him, things could have got real, real ugly. <laughs> We could have seen a, an engine fire or anything. But no, I do think, you know, it's tense. He was just trying to play a smart move that went wrong. And if, you know, if Mercedes had have got that message across even three or four seconds quicker, quick, Max is letting you past, and then be done with it, Lewis would have been able to see that. But obviously it just took just a bit too long. Red Bull was able to get the message to Verstappen. And within that amount of time, you know, Mercedes should have been on the ball and had that straight over. Obviously, then there's what about Michael Massey? You should check out the video, by the way. Uh, what about Michael Massey? Did he not relay the message to Mercedes quick enough from talking to Red Bull, or should Mercedes have been informed first? That's another factor. But I do think you know it's dangerous driving. But at the same time. He's going to try every trick in the book. Look at uh, Hunt and Lauda. You know, them two were against each other's throats for many of years, trying to win championships against each other. So it's a something a wee bit like that. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's Max. He's aggressive. We know he's aggressive. Lewis, he's essentially a Formula 1 veteran at this point. They're two of the biggest stars in Formula 1 in the last 10 years, guaranteed. It's just yeah. amazing to see, and it's going to be tense. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to a little bit about Michael Massey now, and he was playing a game of Deal or No Deal. Um, at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, um, he offered Red Bull the the choice between uh, keeping the box that they had, um, which was to go with the stewards as it was, or he offered them 
to swap boxes, which would have been uh, to, to swap places with Hamilton to drop Verstappen down to third place. They decided to, to swap boxes for Ham for uh, Verstappen to drop to P3, Hamilton P2, which meant Esteban Ocon was leading the Grand Prix, which was great to see uh, for him. But Ryan, do you think Michael Massey should be allowed to offer teams to you know swap positions, or should it be his decision and his decision only, whatever he feels like, or the race dirt's up to them, not... Do you want to start fifth in the grid? We can offer you seventh, eighth in the grid, or we can offer you fourth. You choose which whichever position you want to start. That sounds like a really good uh, a good plan. Only flaw is, what if you accidentally offer the team the wrong deal and they accept it, and then you realise, oh, oh, I just give a team a, a two place a two a two place grid jump, <laughs> yeah. just by complete accident. Which it wouldn't be the worst thing to see if you know in a restart if there was an issue that you did have to take. So say maybe you had a five second time penalty. Instead, if there was a red flag on a restart, instead of trying to serve them five seconds again at the end or getting them added on, maybe just take a two place penalty, you know, grid penalty at the restart or even three places and just gain them back again. Because five seconds at the end of the race could be the difference between you finishing in say third and having three cars behind you all within a second, and you finishing what's that? Uh, three, four, five, seventh. You know, it, it it would be interesting to see how that would work too. Uh, but it was weird because it's. I think that's like, it's not. Is it the first time we've probably ever had such a deal? <laughs> yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen something like that, and um, we also know that there's a lot of debate online about changing tyres under red flags. Uh, I think it was Imola, Hamilton benefited from changing his tyres under the red flag conditions and now Verstappen... And from wing, was it not? Might have possibly been. Uh, but then Verstappen was allowed to change his tyres under red flag conditions in Saudi Arabia. That obviously was a huge benefit to Red Bull and Verstappen because Mercedes give up track position and obviously pitted just before or under the under the safety car at that point before the red flag was thrown out so um, it, it's just sort of Red Bull finally got their chance to utilise the red flag rule um, just so happens to be in penultimate race of the season when there's a massive championship battle going on and I think that's what's annoyed a lot of people um, but Ryan we've we've had this discussion before in the podcast um, I just want to get your thoughts on it now because uh, I, I don't think teams should be allowed to change tyres on the red flag unless you know, it's it's about like changing parts, like for like parts. Um, you it's like changing tires for qualifying and you know, anything in park Fermi basically. If it's a safety issue, if there's damage, yeah, then you can ask permission, but that has to be monitored. Do you think that it should be the the same? Um, no, I I think that you know uh, with the park Fermi rules, I think we should be somewhat in honor of that. The same way if. A team, you know, it's after qualifying. The set, the set you use to set your fastest time in Q two is the set you use to race with. It obviously tires is a different, different meaning, but I do feel that something similar to that should apply, even under a red flag condition. It's different if, if there wasn't a safety car literally right behind it, and everybody gets that same opportunity. However, if you've just red flagged a race after a safety car 
and teams are taking a gamble that they're not, you know, that nobody knows there's going to be a red flag. So the teams that have just gambled that, you know, the race is going to continue, we're going to try and push this out and hope there's another safety car. And then a red flag comes out and they can immediately, you know, just be like, oh, well, we took a gamble and I guess in some way it's paid off because we now get a second set. I think no. You should have to keep them same tires on until the next opportunity because these teams have taken a gamble with their strategy and they've risked losing track position and then you've been handed a benefit now obviously we've seen it with hamilton earlier in the year earlier in the season so what i'm saying now applies to hamilton in that in that race it's not just going on to max and red bull because that's ultimately not fair there was other teams also gained an advantage from not pitting and then pitting under the red flag but obviously there was less teams that didn't pit than there was that did pit so they ultimately there wasn't too many gained that advantage but i do feel that it depends because if certain safety aspects of the car are either weakened or under threat or there's certain parts that's going to be hanging off or close to hanging off i do feel that those parts under you know the fia's not jurisdiction but under their close eye of them being like for like parts those parts should be replaced just based on security and track safety grounds so that we don't have parts flying off like we've seen with sebastian vettel's car there was damage earlier on in the first red flag well between the first red flag and the second red flag but they didn't actually really change anything to the car because they didn't obviously know how long they were going to have but I do feel certain parts should have either been taken off his car at that point or definitely checked. Because there was parts flying off even before Kimi Raikkonen bashed into the side of him in the middle of the race. So I do feel that under circum certain, circum certain circumstances, uh, parts should, should and could be changed under red flags. However, I do feel that if you've taken a gamble on strategy and then red flag gets handed out and you gain the advantage from that, I do feel that certain tire rules i think above everything else should go into effect that's that's really where i'm going with this <laughs> yeah we know going into the race that the circuit itself the Jeddah circuit was was under a lot of fire for potentially not being ready and when the teams arrived during the week it the, the circuit itself was complete but the surrounding the paddock it wasn't fully finished and we know it's going to be the second race of next season so they have a bit time to you know, to to sort things out, but Ryan, what what did you make of the circuit? Because it was, it was an interesting circuit. It, the qualifying side of it, I enjoyed for a racing point of view. I don't think it was the best of circuits. Do you agree with that? Um, qualifying, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Obviously, because there's less, there's no real competition. But at the same time, there's too many blind corners, and I do feel that possibly a slightly different system should be used whether we okay okay i'm gonna go this is gonna go way too crazy but i do feel that maybe we should take the the full 15 minutes it's 15 minutes in the first qualifying yes 18 15 12 18 15 12 because there's 20 cars it's a narrow track with so many blind corners 18 so that's what nine minutes split the pack up into two simple as that so maybe mercedes ferraris Hasses, and williams and one of each car 
Yeah, actually, no, that's a very good point because then there's no chance of slipstreaming. So one of each car, actually, from each team. Think... So the, fir- the first 10 go in the first nine and a half minutes, they maybe get two, three runs out of that. And then the next three, the next half, you know, they go. Because it's such a narrow and tight circuit, we've seen there was many points, you know, 10 drivers on a track that's that, like that long with a minute 45 or a minute, was it a minute 40 or a minute 20? I'm confused. I think it was a between one minute 20, one minute 30. Yeah, you know, that's a big enough gap. We didn't actually see that big of a gap race-wise for once, which I think is because we had that many safety cars and red flags. Uh, but, to, you know, there'd be a big enough gap for 10 cars on the track. And who's to say all 10 go out at the one time? But it just means then there's less chance of an impact in qualifying that could be pretty much be unfair. You know, if you're coming around on your flying lap, somebody, someone's dilly-dallying, as we, <laughs> we've seen with Mazepin, it, 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 we've seen with Mazepin and then Mazepin being affected by the same thing he does to other drivers, which is quite ironic and quite funny. But that that's the scenario. You, know, you could be going on a high-flying lap, you could come around a blind corner, and someone could just be a sitting duck, or there could be a line of traffic that your team hasn't pre-warned you about. And next thing, bang, into the back of someone. So one, you've destroyed your chance of qualifying and someone else's chance of qualifying. So I do feel that maybe slightly different tweaks to the system. As for the race, I didn't actually mind it too much. I do feel that we need a bit of a wider track. It was a, just a wee touch too narrow because three cars and a, and a two and a one don't don't work very well. Uh, I do like the banked corner that they have. That was that was a nice shot in camera to see too. Them just coming around. I like that. But aside from that, no, I like the I like the fast speeds, high reaction time, that sort of circuit. It 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 it, it pleases me. <laughs> it does yeah. please me. No, that's that's what I think about that track and the race. Okay, I think it's time we move on to some predictions for the final time this season. Yes. Quite crazy to think that we've only got one more race left. It's going to be an exciting one, hopefully. Uh, Ryan, we'll start off. Well, I'll actually start off this time for once. Uh, pole position. I'm going to go Lewis Hamilton. I'm going to back. I'm also. I'm actually going to break the rules and actually just go with the exact same thing as you here, Lewis Hamilton, okay. to take pole. Um, should we do the thing that they tried? I think it was 2014. Uh, final race, double points. Should we do that? Oh, I think Craig would be. Craig would be mad at me if I did that. And then destroyed our chances. Ah, who cares? Yes, final race <laughs> of the season. Let's go for it. Double points, um, not that we ever get anything right anyway. No, double points, I will get max two. Um, <laughs> race one then. Um, I. Yeah, you work away, work away because you're first. Um, I'm trying to think race one. I'm going to. See, if whoever we choose is probably going to be world champion. So it's more of a game of who are we predicting to be world champion, which I don't know. Unless, unless, no, unless Hamilton finishes P9 and Max finishes P10 with the fastest lap, two points each, which means we're not biased, but (laughs) we're not biased, but Max will still essentially win. Or does Lewis, no, it is Max, isn't it? Or is it Lewis? I can't mind. Uh... Yeah. One or two will take it. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm. I'm gonna say Hamilton's gonna win the race because I feel like Hamilton's just in the form of form of his life at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm not convinced he'll win the championship. 
but he will if he wins the race. So I'm going to say Ham will win and subsequently become world champion for the eighth time. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to say Max, uh, purely based on the fact that he's going to be that aggressive and he's going to make sure that he gets that pole position this time. Uh, I think he... Well, even though I said Lewis to get pole position, I really I think Max is going to do it, but I, I think Lewis is actually probably going to do it just because of how much he's just to that track in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. But I think, you know, Max, he, he, he's going to be that determined. This is my chance. This might be my best chance because who knows what's going to happen next year with the cars. I need to make the most of this and I need to drive like this is my last race ever to win a championship and I think yeah. he will I think yeah. he, he will take it Podium then I'll let you go first in this one we're going to see a Divine Max on top we're going to see right beside him a Louis Hamilton and then beside him we're going to see hmm we're going to see the I think we're going to see the McLaren of Lando Norris. Okay. Well, I think we're going to see Max Verstappen, a deflated Max Verstappen, alongside, <laughs> for the final time, probably, in F1, a Hamilton Verstappen Bottas podium. Yeah. Final time. It's... It's something we actually haven't spoken about, but I know we'll, we'll speak loads about it in the next race. Um, Kevin Reckoning, final race in Formula 1, um, which will be sad because since I started watching, Kimi Reckoning has, has always been there. Um, and then uh, it's also Bottas's last race for Mercedes. He's obviously going after Romeo. Giovinazzi's final race... Um, to Formula E, he goes. He's going to Formula E. Uh, he's going to the Hoover car races. Yes, uh, it's also Russell's final race for Williams. Obviously, it's been a, a sad week for them, and I suppose I should actually mention that we haven't had a podcast since. Obviously, it's terrible news of the passing of Sir Frank Williams, legend of the sport. Um, obviously, the tribute is going around to him. We I posted a, a tribute on on the website as well um, to him, but on the day he died, so it was obviously sad news, and obviously thoughts with with Claire and the rest of his family as well, and. It's it's nice to see Williams on an upward um, trajectory the past, since the new owners took over, and I think Ross again the promotion is is, is going to help them long term uh, because it's, it's it was always going to happen, and uh, they bring in Alex Albon who's a fantastic driver as well. So hopefully Williams can keep you know the upward trajectory going because I think they have the potential to be back in the midfield. Especially with, this, with these new regulations, um. But Ryan, we'll get on to the fastest lap, and I'm gonna go Lewis Hamilton to win one with the fastest lap. Nice, nice, nice. I think Valtteri Bottas is gonna take it. Okay. Final time he'll ever get one. Do you think? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um. And right, wild card. I'm gonna go for two. I'm gonna say. One agrees with my predictions, one goes the complete opposite. But I think the, my wild card is that 
the battle between Lewis Hamilton and Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen will be completely clean. There'll be no major incidents worth talking about, and they'll not even make contact. And it, the the excitement of potentially a lap after lap battle isn't going to be there, and one of them's just going to run off into the distance. Uh, I'll let you say your wildcard before I say my second one. Uh, apart from the the smart comment I made earlier about you know Lewis finishing ninth and Max tenth with the fastest lap equaling them on a championship FIA deciding uh, battle. Uh, apart from that, I'm going to stick the one guy who's had probably the the worst last race possible. Well, the second last race possible, Pierre Gasly. Uh, a favourite of us I'm going to you might actually be saying him next I don't know that uh, but I'm going to stick him up on a P5 to finish okay. it off on a, quite close to a high yeah that's that's definitely reasonable and well my second prediction is that Verstappen will win the title and then he'll just retire and just leave the sport he'll just walk away he'll do oh, a well, Rosberg that would be stupid. <laughs> he, he has said he, he only cares about one title so it wouldn't surprise me and then hopefully Pierre Gasly will get that step up to to Red Bull that he deserves again. Um, yeah, think but you when do you've much got one, job. wouldn't it be nice to have one for the other hand too? You well, know, hold Stapp- two championships yeah. up. For Stappen said he doesn't really care, so I think he'll not know until he gets his hand in the championship how much he wants another one. So that could be this season, it could be next season. It could never happen. We've had that prediction on the channel before. So yeah, um what a race this is going to be. One o'clock, Abu Dhabi, uh, at one o'clock UK time. Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen. Zero points between them. Verstappen has the slight upper hand with more race wins. So if neither, it's basically whoever scores more points will be world champion. And Ryan, you said that could be ninth and 10th. It could be 10th and 11th. It could be 1st and 2nd. We don't know. Um, but yeah, Ryan... I will put you on the spot. I know it's based on predictions, but do you think there'll be any contact or do you think this championship will be decided based on where they finish or a collision? I think um, we're going to see Christian Horner call up AlphaTauri and say, Yuki, uh, been into Hamilton when he tried to pass you on the, the when he lapped you. Uh, that's not going to happen, but it would be funny and interesting to see what would happen there. Would there be a major investigation? Would we have Crashgate uh, 2021? Um, <laughs> no. Um, what would you say again? I got confused. Well, first of all, Christian Horner is actually British, so there's no need to be putting on an accent for him. About, I, I was trying to do France Tost. Okay. Yuki uh, into enough, the wall. Um, yeah, just will it be decided based on on track? A collision? Will they collide? Basically, will there be a collision to decide the championship? Yes or no? Uh, in conspiracy terms, yes. In reality, no. I think this is probably going to be the cleanest close net racing we've seen in a while. Yeah. Uh, there's so much on the line. They're what both race... too afraid to crash into each other. Yeah. What What a race this is going to be. It's a fitting end to the current hybrid era before we move into the new regulations and. It's, a, it's just going to be an exciting weekend all around. Qualifying will be the first taste of who's got the upper hand, but then once Sunday comes around, history is going to be made either way. We'll have a brand new world champion or we'll have an eight-time world champion, the most in the sport. It's It, it deserves um, 
if this was a boxing match, this would definitely be a pay-per-view event. There's chat about it potentially being free to air at the moment, which is great. This, I think, is the biggest race for UK fans since Brazil 2008, where Hamlin won his first championship because there's so much on the line. It's been so long since there's been this true championship battle. But I think that's where we're going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, Ryan, any final thoughts ahead of the final race of the season? Um, I think we are in for a treat. And as always, Mazepin no spin. Okay, so that's the final Mazepin no spin of the season. But anyway, uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in to, to this podcast. We have, I think, at least two more podcasts to come this season. Obviously one from Abu Dhabi and then might have a couple come between now and the start of next season um, and then who knows where we'll go from there the podcast will definitely be back in which form we haven't quite quite yet decided but yeah uh, as I said thank you all so much for listening and we're obviously still doing the uh, Apex Motorsport the, ad, the Apex Advent uh, second year we've been doing this last year was a great success and this year so far has been a success too we've got content going on our YouTube channel or across the socials and our website and then plenty more to come next season so yeah thank you all so much for listening and we hope you all join us for the final race of the season in Abu Dhabi goodbye